off with a quick uh, little story about me, and, uh, but I grew up in Omaha, Texas, small East Texas town off 259. In fact, my parents' house is directly off of 259, but uh, growing up in a small East Texas town, we drive down a lot of county roads to go from place to place. Uh, and as I'm driving, as I grew up, started 16 years old, I grew up in the habit of waving at people whenever they pass by. Uh, so is anyone else in here a hand waver when they drive? Okay, good. I'm not the only one. Uh, but it's just become a habit. Um, now, if I'm in a hurry to get somewhere or if I'm with a bunch of people, I normally don't do it. But if I'm by myself, just cruising down the road, I'll wave at almost everybody I see. And sometimes I like to count, see how many people wave back. But anyways, um, but what I want us to do real quick, well, first... Uh, I'll tell a quick little story about me waving at someone. So I was driving in my neighborhood and where we live, and I was going, and there's lots of people who walk and jog and walk their dogs up and down our neighborhood. And I, there's a lady running down the way, and so you know, I do my normal hand wave. And as I look up, she has this just awful just look in her face like, she, her eyes get real big, and she's, like, screaming. I was like, what is going on? So then I look right in front of me, corner of my eye, there's a little squirrel on the ground that's running across the road, and there I'm driving. My eyes get big, and so I just, and the squirrel goes right underneath my truck, and I'm just praying, don't hit it, don't hit it, because I'm just picturing this lady just getting, you know, completely just this view of this poor little squirrel. But uh, I end up missing the squirrel, and the lady just, oh, and she just stops, and she, she relaxes, and I'm just, Um, But, uh, that was a story I had, but right now I want us just to wave at each other. Just wave at the person beside you, wave maybe across the auditorium, just give somebody a big wave, okay? All right, now I need my seniors, somebody's waving across the auditorium, Uh, I need my seniors to stand up and wave at everybody, my graduating seniors. Go ahead and stand up, where are you? There's one, two, all right. Okay. All right, you can have a seat. But I did that so I could see who was here. Um, but uh, this morning, I wanted us to talk about, let me get my clicker out. But this morning, uh, I want to talk about the sanctified life. And uh, with that, I've been doing this class with our kids uh, on what it means to live a sanctified life. And I got this uh, study from an elder uh, that was in Winsboro. It's, it's really old. It's probably from the 1950s, 1960s. It's in a binder. It's falling apart. Uh, so I've had to change quite a few stuff. Uh, but at the same time, I think it's uh, ever so now important for us to realize uh, what a sanctified life looks like. So uh, we can go ahead. Because a sanctified life, sanctification means to separate, to consecrate, to purify, uh, to cleanse. Um, and so these kids, they should know that by heart because every Sunday morning, I ask them, what does it mean? Uh, but living a sanctified life, it kind of has a twofold meaning looking in the New Testament. Uh, so the first meaning is the initial setting apart, the cleansing by the blood of Jesus Christ. God has called us uh, to live a life that is set apart from this world. Uh, it, makes, it takes us uh, to a holy and special calling. Because God has saved us from our own sins. Uh, we were buried with Christ in baptism and cleansed by his blood. Uh, and we've been fitted with this new life. This life that is set apart. Uh, a new life of holiness. 
Uh, we look in 1 Timothy 1, 9, it says, He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace, this grace given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. Uh, another verse says, And that is what some of you were. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of our God. That's 1 Corinthians 6.11. Uh, so we see this initial setting apart by the blood of Jesus. The second um, meaning is continuing... Oh, it's not been going. Continuing growth into the likeness of Christ. Uh, so our growth is into Christ. And we've been, Joey's been covering uh, these thoughts of Christ in us, Christ in our families, Christ in others. Uh, and I think it's just an awesome message for us. And, and I'm looking forward to next week as Jody continues to go in that. But uh, as we look, our growth is to be in Christ, to be like Christ every single day. Uh, every aspect of our lives should be revolved around Christ as a sinner and the goal. First Thessalonians 5.23 says, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, so I want us to take a 10-second survey and ask yourself, what did I think about last week? Just take 10 seconds to think about uh, what you thought about this week. You know, last week it may have been, when will my electricity come back on? Okay, that was mine. Okay, when will this electricity come back on? Um, and so we went to my parents and Amherst's parents, and we just we kept calling saying, is our electricity back on? Like, nope, it wasn't the case uh, until finally that Sunday, whenever, after church. But... Um, this week, it may have been what you thought about about work. It may have been about setting up vacation for the summer. Uh, you know, I'm not sure what it might be. Uh, it would be different for every person. Uh, this week, for me, it's been about my little daughter, Jolie. Uh, constantly thinking about her when it's time to feed, when it's time, hopefully, she goes to sleep. When can I go to sleep? Um, in fact, I think I must be walking around like a like a zombie or something, because everybody asked me, Cade, how are you sleeping? Do you get, are you getting any sleep? Are you getting any sleep? I'm like, I must look like I'm just zonked. I must be like dead tired. Um, but I've been thinking about Jolie. Jolie, Amber and Jolie aren't here today. Sadly, Jolie got pneumonia this week on Thursday. Uh, so we kind of been spending time in the hospital, and it's just been like, oh, it's just a sad deal. But she's doing much better. She's, they're at home now. Probably going to stay away from people in the public for a little bit, sadly, so you probably won't get to see her. But, uh, um, but she's doing better. Um, but she's very sweet, and we love Jolie very much. But think about what you thought about. And I want you to ask yourself two more questions. How important, how important have I found them to be of what you've thought about? And secondly, how long will these things last? Uh, and I love what Ty talked about, and it goes right along with our lesson, my lesson today, about we are to be thinking of things eternally. I want us to turn to 1 Peter chapter 1. We'll be reading verses 13 through 16. Let's turn to 1 Peter chapter 1. Oh, it's on the screen too. 
First um, Peter chapter one verses thirteen through sixteen. Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at His coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you were li- when you lived in ignorance. But just as He who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, "Be holy, because I." holy. So there's five instructions that are given here, and I'll kind of underline it for us, but to have an alert mind, uh, to be obedient, to set your hope in Christ, to not conform to the world, to be holy in all you do. And we look at who calls us to be holy. Well, God does. Uh, For what reason? Because he is holy. Um, And so as we've been going through these five things with the kids and really digging deep into what each one of them means. Uh, and we talk about, and even in our lives today, that we're just called to be holy uh, and what that means. And it's exactly what this is. It's being obedient. It's having an alert mind. It's not conforming uh, to the world. I'm going to read another passage, and you can turn there if you want to, from Psalms chapter 111. Um, we're going to continue just to kind of look at what it means be holy. But Psalms chapter 111 it says, Praise the Lord. I'll extol the Lord with all my heart in the counsel of the upright and in the assembly. Great are the works of the Lord. They are pondered by all who delight in them. Glorious and majestic are his deeds, and his righteousness endures forever. He has called, caused his wonders to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. He provides food for those who fear him. He remembers his covenant forever. He has shown his people the power of his works, giving them the lands of other nations. The works of his hands are faithful and just. All his precepts are trustworthy. They are established forever and ever, enacted in faithfulness and uprightness. He provided redemption for his people. He ordained his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. To all who follow his precepts have good understanding. To him belongs eternal praise. As we look at it, something his righteousness endures forever. Glorious and majestic are his deeds. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Uh, we're going to just, I'm not going to read through all of it, but I'm just going to go through uh, some other verses. Uh, Ephesians 1 4 says, We are to be holy and blameless. Uh, Ephesians 2 21 says that we are, uh, we have God's household being fitted together, grow into a temple. Ephesians 5.27, Christ's church will not have spot or wrinkle, but will be holy and blameless. As we keep going, we see in Hebrews 3.11, holy brothers and sisters, a holy priesthood, a holy nation. Okay, We must become like God and be holy, having our minds alert, escaping the corruption of this world. Uh, so also we've been talking about what it means uh, just to be dedicated, to be dedicated to God and what that looks like. And I asked the question to the kids of, why do missionaries leave their families? Why do the missionaries leave their homes and go to a distant country uh, to go serve? Why do we give from our own income to the church when we could spend it on other things? Why do Bible class teachers spend their time on their ministry uh, whenever they could be focusing on uh, something else during their week? Uh, and it's because they have this dedication to God. And let's look back uh, to our verse 
uh, from 2 Corinthians. And I'm going to go ahead and just read through this real quick. Have our eyes focused on Christ. Lost my marker. But we'll start in verse 7. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may be also, or may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that His life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then, death is not death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. It is written, "I believe, therefore I have spoken." Since we have that that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak, because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Okay, Uh, and this is coming up as part I really want us to focus on. Kind of missed some verses. But, therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And that's what I want us to kind of focus on for just a little bit. Um, But a spiritually-minded person does not simply just live this life alone. Uh, A spiritually-minded person weighs each action uh, with heavenly and eternal perspectives. Uh, So let me ask this. Has anyone seen a city that they've never seen? Okay, has anyone seen a city that they've never seen? Okay, some people are like, yeah, maybe, I don't know. Okay, I asked this question to the kids, and they just looked at me like, you are crazy, Caden. But, um, so if I ask you, I've been to the city of Porte, Porte Alegre, Brazil. Anybody been to Porte Alegre, Brazil? Okay, okay the Bowers, yes. Uh, but the kids had not been there, uh, none of the kids. So I asked them, what does it look like? What does that city look like? Could anybody tell me? Uh, of course, they really couldn't because no one's been able to see there. Um, But this verse is asking us uh, to look at something that we've never seen before, to visualize something that we've never seen before, um, and uh, to look at our eternal home. Uh, And I think that's why it's so hard for us in the world today, because we can see things uh, that are there right in front of our face. We can see things of this world um, because they're physical to us. Um, God is asking us to look at the unseen, to look at uh, eternal things. Um, so we have to be committed to Christ, uh, have to be committed to him, obedient to him and uh, to his commands. And we must realize that we each have a responsibility, a responsibility to live beyond flesh, a responsibility to be spiritually uh, minded, uh, and that we all have responsibilities of the body of Christ. And I think the early church, we see a great example of them. They went everywhere 
preaching uh, and talking about Christ. Um, We have this purpose, like I said, to live beyond flesh, to be holy, to live a sanctified life. Um, There's a quote that uh, this elder read or wrote down, and I'm going to read it. It says, I am going to be more like God day by day if I am be." If I am to be perfecting or finishing my personality into a likeness of Christ's personality, if I am going to be grown in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ, I will want to read and meditate upon God's word. I'll put away all sin and be self-disciplined. I'll be more like Christ. I'll put on holiness. I'll be in prayer and develop a more thankful heart. And so as I look at what it means to have a sanctified life, what it means to be set apart, to be holy, I look at such things. Uh, lastly, I'm going to tell a quick uh, little story. It's me. I'm jumping really high. But I love, one of my favorite activities at Deer Run was to go creek running. From a little boy, I love to run the creek. Uh, from age all the way till I was counselor at Deer Run, I loved creek running or creek jumping. So I'm sorry if your kid ever came home, if he was in my cabin or I was his group leader, and he came home with, or she, with completely soaking wet, muddy clothes, and they stunk. That's probably my fault because we probably were in the creek almost every day. Uh, in fact, I'm going to tell a story in a little bit about one of our seniors, but uh, we'll wait on that. Um, but with this, uh, I was probably around 12 or 13 and my counselor took us creek running. We went every single day because uh, me and my cousins and buddies, we liked doing it. So we were running around, jumping across the creek, seeing how far we could go across. Uh, and so me and my cousin, you know, you want to outdo each other. So we went. We were going to jump the creek at the same time and see how, who could get further. So we ran and we jumped. And as soon as we landed, we looked down. And I pause, and right below me is a four or five foot water moccasin or cottonmouth, just sitting right there. I mean, from me to the speaker, right here at my feet. And I pause, you know, you just stop. You're like, what? You know, what we both did. And we look, and me and the snake, and we stare eye to eye at each other. And like, what? Who's going to do next? So I look down. As I look down, there, that water moccasin has a huge bullfrog in its mouth, and its legs are just hanging out from the snake. So quickly, as I'm staring at it, the snake spits out the frog. I jump back. The snake goes in the woods, and we went on our merry little ways. <laughs> Actually, we chased down the snake, and a, the only good snake is a dead snake. Uh, so, but in that story, I learned a valuable, valuable lesson that day, to look before I jump, <laughs> to look before I launch. Uh, in life, we take leaps. We take jumps. Uh, we just do. Uh, whether we, we start a new job or we get promoted, uh, maybe it's we're taking a jump and we're reaching out to our one. Uh, we're reaching out uh, to the person that we are trying to bring to Christ. Uh, maybe we're, we're jumping out uh, just to have that initial conversation with our one about Jesus. Uh, maybe we get married and we have a baby, become parents. Maybe we become grandparents, uh, or maybe we start retirement, uh, or maybe we graduate from high school. We have to have our eyes focused on what really matters. We have to have our eyes focused on where we're going, because if we aren't careful, Satan is there ready to attack 
he's ready to ready to strike. Uh, so I encourage you this morning uh, as we go out to just launch into the arms of God, uh, to let Christ rule in your heart and to live a sanctified life. If there is anything that we could do for you this morning, you can come down the front as we stand and sing.